the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 2. It is a delight, as usual, to do so with Congressman David Schweikert, representing Arizona's Congressional District 1. David, happy Wednesday. How are you, sir? And a blessed happy Wednesday to you. Uh, Anything in the news that's interesting these days? Actually, most of it's pretty annoying, actually. (laughs) I I was going to ask you a question. Forgive me for setting it up this way. Um, Blessedly, you are one of the members of Congress who didn't have to suffer going through law school. Um, Do you agree with me we should just ban all lawyers? You know, I had a caller earlier today asking (laughs) me about what the heck they're teaching in law school. I said the first thing is you have to understand – they do not teach the Constitution in law school. They do not. Uh, people get surprised when I say this, not even in con law. They teach what people say about the Constitution in law school. You ask any lawyer who's not a conservative to name the authors of the Federalist Papers. I bet they can't name all three. They don't teach the Constitution in law schools, which is part of the problem we have here, David. But you look at what took place yesterday from your perspective as a member of Congress, as a public servant who served in state legislature— as someone who knows money and finances, that's where your degrees are in, blessedly also. Uh, what, what's your general take about what's going on here, brother? Well, okay. Now, are we talking about the Wisconsin election? Yeah, let's start with New York. Let's start with New York and move south. Taiwanese president. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. Banking issues. Let's talk about the district attorney's indictment in Manhattan. There's a number of things going on out there. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and yeah, look, you're making a great point, by the way. I mean, we are now doing, poli- you know, law is now politics by other means, right? Yeah, oh, God. And it's actually one of the great perversities, and also something that's really dangerous. And that's when the court system is pulled into sort of the electoral pol- political system. Mm-hmm. Really dangerous, because it is that one moment where that separation of powers gets really blurred. Yep. And you have the Article One world sitting on top of the you know, Article Two and yep. then Three, and yep. um, where it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And and it's one of my great fears is the arrogance of those of us who are in the Article One world when we don't get our way, <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah. Um, when the White House or the administrative type, you know, law enforcement doesn't get its way. We try to get the court to manipulate what belongs, you know, um, the reality, legislative branches are supposed to police their own people. Mm -hmm. The courts are actually supposed to police their own people. Right. There's reasons for that. Right. And and look, um, having had, you know, I do taxes, I do Medicare finance, I do things like that, Mm -hmm. but a number of my staff are lawyers. Mm Mm-hmm. And bless their precious hearts, we're trying to re-educate them. Mm-hmm. Um, they all thought this; these charges in New York were absurd. Mm-hmm. Just from from a, sort of a true legal standpoint, mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, you have a local district attorney enforcing federal campaign law on something that maybe 
dodgy, maybe uncomfortable, but in in very very ways have been done with political money for for a century. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is this really worth? And then I have the political side that is more disturbing to me than everything. Yeah, the number of folks who are in Trump world, in Republican money world, in the conservative industrial complex, now on the liberal side and the MSNBCs and the CNNs of the world, who are just elated, they're making money on this. Yeah. yeah. They're raising all sorts of money. Yeah. They're seeing their viewership going up on their cable television. Yeah. And it's back to that whole manipulation of America. You know, at the same time, we're borrowing another $48,000 every second. Yep. Yeah. So things that will bring down, crash the republic, they're not in the news. Right. Right. I remember my old boss, Gene Kirkpatrick, used to bewail the fact, saying, why can't we just be a normal country in a normal time? And you're right, David. Um, The sirens, uh, the frenzy were put in on all these things. Uh, The Article 3 not knowing not to mess with Article 1, Article 1 not knowing to run to Article 3 when they don't get their way, all of it. You're absolutely right. We, We seem to be in a frenzied state here and ignoring... And ignoring, while becoming numb to certain things, ignoring these these. these yeah, you yeah. put out a press release last week about the Social Security Trust Fund. We got about yeah, a decade on it, right? To, yeah, let's. Uh, but I want to stop you. Okay. You use the word frenzy. Yeah. What's the number one purpose of frenzies in politics? To get people excited, to get them to do something. Most of the time, getting them to do something is about getting their money. Okay. Please understand. Damn, when you get the crazy worded text message or email from someone you have no idea who they are or you've never signed up for it and they just they really just need your email address to help them send a message they're mining you to try to raise money off you mm-hmm. and they take up they take a pretty substantial cut i've seen them take 90 percent of it right yeah oh god yeah people don't understand you have a hundred dollars to many of these yep. text messages yep. political campaigns yep Almost every dime of it actually goes to the fundraiser. Yep, almost. Yep. yep. Now, for anyone that's listening, there was an amazing article about 10 days ago. Um, the $140 million scam PACs, P-A-C, mm-hmm. political action committees. Mm-hmm. Google that and understand there was more money raised by fake political action committees yep. in the previous two-year cycle than like Kevin McCarthy's ginormous <laughs> political action committee that helped us take back the house. Yeah, right. People don't realize how many political contributors are just being robbed. Yeah. So, all right, back to Social Security. Yes, sir. Report. Yes, we just lost a year. Well, as you routinely will explain, we have a serious spending problem that is going to have us maybe over the next couple of years, lose even uh, next few years out years, lose even more years. I mean, it might not be 10 years. We may not have nine years. No, it's, it's basically down to nine. Yeah. And, and next and year, it may be down to seven. And the year after that, it may be down to five. I mean, we, well, uh, the other threats we're trying is, as you I, it look, I may be the only one who signs up for the Atlanta Fed's GDP <laughs> now track. You are such a geek. We're down again today. Okay, talk um, to so us. The economy is slowing down, and even a mild recession will remove months and months and months from the Social Security actuary. Yeah. 
And when we say that, what we basically mean is there's a trust fund out there. Mm-hmm. That was the cash that was supposed to be being built up to cover the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Um, because we had so many retire early or we had so few babies the last you know, 40 years. Um, remember, our country in some ways were dying society. And that's a really inflammatory thing to say. But in 19 years, the United States has more deaths than births. Mm-hmm. Today, half the states in America have more deaths than births. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to make something like Social Security work when in, what is it, five, six years, you and your partner, so two people, a couple, have one retiree. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to be that way for many, many years, but the dynamics of how many young males are not showing up in the workforce right. because of, you know, drugs and video games yep. and so mm-hmm. many other things happening in yep. society. Yep. We've devalued them in society. They're, you know, not making it through university-type life. Um, we've, we're not having children. We're not teaching skills. Um, but, but, but there's lots of moving parts. We're yep. also not doing things economically that are that creative destruction. Right. We, we are so terrified of saying, protect that industry right. instead of making that industry compete. And right. yes, that industry may go through a huge disruption, but somehow in the history of dynamic market economies, what, what burns down today is rebirth tomorrow as something new, bigger, and better, and faster, mm-hmm. more efficient. Usually. No, almost always. Okay. Unless, we're, unless we screw up the tax code and the regulatory code, and they pack it up and take it overseas. Are you worried about... i got to hit a break. Do you have to go, or do you need to... No, no, we're good. Uh, yeah, uh, when we come back from break, I, I want to talk to you also about any concerns you may have with the, um, the downgrading use uh, of the dollar. Uh, the... Uh, what's going on with sure. you, you get it with what's going on with China and oil and Saudi Arabia and uh, yeah, let's talk about that too because I, I I don't do it enough, David, and there's not a lot of people who understand it as much as you do. I'm Seth Leaps and he's David Schweikert. We'll be right back. God bless the kids in America. Welcome back to David Schweikert and the rest of you. David Schweikert, who uh, represents Arizona's Congressional District 1. David, just on the things that I I don't know if we're paying enough attention to or if we're overly concerned about when we pay attention to, are these stories I'm getting about uh, Saudi Arabia working with Beijing to you know do dealings rather than in dollars than with the yuan? Um, one-priced oil contracts, replacing the dollar. Is, is this another thing that we need to be cognizant of, or are we overly concerned about it right now? No, it, it's like everything. It's complicated. Okay. Um, it's been going on for years. Um, the Chinese have tried to do linked contracts um, to their currency now for years. Where it gets trickier is can they build a consortium that will do all their transactions in a Chinese currency or, or some sort of Chinese peg. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't work yet. Um, there's just too much debt in the world that's held in U.S. dollars, and not only just U.S. debt, but other countries also denominate much of their debt into U.S. dollars 
just because that way it's much more liquid, it's easier to borrow, you know, those sorts of things. Um, But there's no question that the U.S. dollar being the reserve currency, we put at risk as we keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. Right. Because um, even the World Bank president, who is one of us, um, good guy, um, this last week put out a thing that we're killing much of the world because we're sopping up so much of the available capital for the rest of the world to be able to, you know, develop their own communities, to, you know, to, to, to have their own infrastructure. The, the United States has such a ravenous borrowing appetite. So, so you get these pressures coming saying, well, what would happen if, you know, we do these things in dollars, but if we're trading back and forth just between you know, Middle Eastern countries, China, and, and some of the Chinese proxy countries, we can do it in a peg of the, the want. Right. It, it will be a small, small in the beginning, but if we start to hit financial stresses, mm-hmm. watch how fast you can get that inflection where you're going to start seeing a, a shadow peg saying, well, we're going to price it in dollars and also this alternative currency um, and it's dangerous. Remember, being the reserve currency in the world, it's number one benefit to us. It makes our transactions cheaper. Right. You don't have to change, go through the exchange process of, I'm holding this currency, I have to exchange it to this one, and that cost. Right. So the number one thing, we just get this efficiency. The other thing, it also makes it so the rest of the world needs to hold um, blocks of our currency, meaning they have to buy our currency to hold it because that's what the transactions are marked in. Okay. Do you worry about some of our foreign policy pushing us in that direction, whether it's towards the Middle East or China or elsewhere uh, a little bit? I, I, I worry that the failures of this administration, when you go almost to – these are still echoes of Afghanistan. Right. I agree with that. So you and I, I agree we may that. have already forgot about it. No. it's Much uh, of the rest no. of the world. They realize this administration, the United States, is no longer um, a trusted partner. Yeah. They're, they're not the cavalry coming over the hillside That's right. to, to shore up sanity. That's exactly the United right. States is not. And whether you like it or not, what happened in Afghanistan, even some of the talk about, you know, and I have really mixed feelings about Ukraine and these things, but stability in our foreign policy makes it so the other countries that they may not love us but they 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 they, they, they it's better to be slightly feared than loved no i think the they dividends from afghanistan us. caused the invasion of ukraine quite honestly i mean yeah. I, I, I just our, don't our, think we'd be dealing with it if we didn't have the afghanistan problem so so, so you start to see that yeah. when you when you display weakness yeah. yeah um it happens it's much more than just military adventurism. The saddest thing I saw on TV today, David, you know what the saddest thing I saw on TV today? It was outside the Reagan Library where some reporter was asking um, a a Taiwanese immigrant that if uh, Taiwan were swallowed by China, would the U.S. defend Taiwan? And she said, I just don't think so. That was the saddest thing in the world to me to see. You know, this, she says, "Not, not this United States. You know, maybe in other well, United States, but not this one. That was her view. That's a sad thing to see. I, I'm sorry, but if you look at some of the public polling. Yeah, I know. 
particularly even public polling of people who say they're conservative. I know. Um, know. We are not the defenders of freedom in the world. I know. I know. And and we also do have some other problems. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, uh, I still always come back to debt, but you can make an argument the military platforms we have invested in so heavily are not the platforms you would fight a future type of battle with. Right. We're starting to realize the right. autonomous, the high-speed drones. When Japan is deciding they're no longer going to build or buy attack helicopters, but they're going to buy attack drones because yeah. they're faster, cheaper, and they can build a hell of a lot more of them, mm-hmm. you start to realize maybe we're the ones that are we're building battleships before World War II. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that's right, David. I think that's absolutely right. Tom Wolfe, the great novelist, wrote a great essay in 1987 called The Great Relearning. I think it would be more important right now. I think we need a great relearning right now more than we did in the 1980s. We had that pretty pretty well down in the 1980s. Uh, we understood we understood these things a little better back then. Well, in the 80s, you had the Reagan run fast theory. Yep. Much I'll let you explain later. <laughs> you can, you know... Just build it faster, better, more mm-hmm. efficiently, cheaper yep. than the Soviet Union could, and watch us bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. David, what's the last uh, thing you want to get out that's worrying you that we should be aware of right now before we have to go? I, I wish there was more attention on things like the, that Social Security actual okay, report. Okay, good, good. The debt. Remember, in nine years, and this is without even updating Social Security into these numbers, you can get rid of all government. So no no military, no White House, no EPA, no Park Service, nothing. It's all gone. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to still cover Medicare, veterans benefits, you know, what we call mandatory spending, you got to borrow a couple hundred billion dollars. Mm-hmm. The clowns that go around and, and lie to us, if we just got rid of foreign aid or if we just tax rich people more, it'd be fine. None of that's true. The scale of the problem and its healthcare costs and our demographics. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's highlight next week. Let's highlight some of these ideas about how we can go around saving, so how we can go about to saving social security, because I, I, you know, I do not take the optimistic view that it's 10 years out. And that is the optimistic view. You pointed well, out it's now really nine. Uh, I have a feeling it's probably even shorter than that. The the simple moral thing, and what the president did during his State of the Union was absolutely immoral, considering how much work we put into trying to do a bipartisan framework. In nine years, when the trust fund's gone, and everyone gets a 23% cut that next year in your Social Security check, it looks like we're going to double senior poverty in America. uh, People remember that. We could double senior poverty. David Schweikert, thanks for being on the Watchtower, sir. Thanks for being with us, as always. Go get them. You too. Bye now. You bet. With so many cracks showing up in the banking system, over $31 trillion in U.S. debt, printing more money is no answer. It wasn't for Zimbabwe. It wasn't for Venezuela. It wasn't for Argentina. They all tried it, and then came defaults. But gold has never defaulted. The veteran-owned Midas Gold Group will reinforce your portfolio. Give them a call to safeguard your money with the stability of gold from the only precious metals dealer that Seb Gorka, I, and thousands of you 
already know because gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail. Silicon Valley Bank signature, now Credit Suisse. Midas Gold believes we are in the early stages of a growing crisis and the Fed's higher interest rates are your cue to create your own bank with real money, gold. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com or better yet, give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Mike, you have been very patient, sir. Thank you for your patience. Oh, very, very much so. That the deal with Representative Swikert was um, kind of revealing an eye-opener, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, real quick, uh, to compare and contrast yeah. with the media coverage that we got yesterday from New York, okay. and then the, the, the lack thereof of the Garcia Luna trial, which happened in New York just, what, been week or so ago. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. This is the ex-Secretary of Public Security there, yeah. For, for the whole country yeah. of Mexico, yeah. one of the biggest takeaways from that, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the government of Mexico intercepted a ship coming up from Colombia. It had 23 tons of cocaine on it, and the drug cartels wanted their cocaine back. Mm-hmm. So they, they got a hold of a bunch of flour and sugar and acetone and mixed it together, pressed it into bricks, and then they uh, painted it with varnish so it would look all shiny, wrapped it in plastic to resemble bricks of cocaine, contacted Garcia Luna, and then they took all this fake cocaine and exchanged it for the real cocaine. And the uh, government of Mexico went ahead and burned all the fake cocaine and all the news media from here in the United States covered it down there. And it was such a big, glorious day. Right. And it was just a big fake story and yep. uh, and there was absolute as far as i know there was absolutely no coverage of that testimony in a federal court in new york city of about what happened to 23 tons of cocaine but we we can i don't know i guess you can do some search there's not a lot on it no you're absolutely right this made no news this made no news so it's back to our earlier con- conversation right it's about there's news that disappears and there's news that never comes right correct you bet and there you go there's a pro- and, and you know it's not like this is how know, we become was, numb as well this is how we get numbed obscure. as well yeah 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 23 tons of cocaine and not a peep out of New York City. These Both of these trials came. Mm-hmm. How many hours of news coverage did they devote to? And people need to know New York Trump City field? is the heart of the media center of the world. It is the heart of the media center of the world, the heart and brain of it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Well, God bless you, Seth. Uh, have a good Holy Week and uh, enjoy. Oh, and one other yes, thing. Sir. On Friday, yeah. you made a real good deal. You were talking about coming to work, yeah. and you said you passed all those car dealerships, yeah. Yeah. saw all the flags at half-mast, yeah. and that was something that I was going to call in, but oh, you good. beat me to the punch when you says, oh, but I thought maybe it had to do with the nine military nope. people that died nope. in Fort Campbell, nope. Kentucky. Didn't, I, even get a, I, didn't even get a press statement from Joe Biden. Didn't even get a statement from Joe Biden. No. God bless you, Seth. God bless you. Thank you for your service to our country and really, Mike, to our world. David, what do you want? What is that quote you want me to? You want your enemies to fear how much they love you. Tell me what that means. 
I'm not oh, smart enough to know what, to, huh? uh, what Congressman Schweiker yeah, said. Yeah, what does actually. it mean? You, uh, you want your, uh, to fear how much they love you. Yeah. He said we have to vary between the, the balance of uh, whether our enemies love us or hate us. Oh, right. Okay. 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 I, I understand it now. Uh, and what's your pin, lapel pin today? Today we have Harding, and it's actually a very ornate pin with uh, some elephants on it. He was and, uh, like evidently some kind of real ladies' man, handsome man, right? Oh, yes. And we're coming up in the 100th anniversary of his demise, actually. Are we? Some people mm-hmm. would in just August. say death. What? His, his passing. Yes. <laughs> no one says demise, someone's demise. <laughs> Do they? I, I've heard you say it. <laughs> someone's demise? Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Check the records. You're a good man. We'll be right back. Look at the tapes. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth and uh, delighted and uh, excited in the <laughs> with all the things going on to bring back uh, today, as we usually do on Wednesdays, our constitutional and election law expert, Brett Johnson. He is a partner with the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com. Their website, Brett, last week we were talking about a potential indictment coming, coming out of the Manhattan DA's office. Uh, now, um, now it's kinetic. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I am imagining that uh, your profession is scratching its head as much as mine on some of this. But your first takes on what you saw from uh, Alvin Bragg's uh, press conference and indictment yesterday. You know, very interesting. Um, what I'd actually like to have been was a fly on the wall on all of the other cases yeah. that are investigating President Trump right now. <laughs> because if I'm Mr. Smith or if I'm the Georgia prosecutor, I, I am probably enraged that this is the first case out of the box, right? Oh. You, usually, usually you want your best foot forward. And oh. it's like, hey, you know what? You're the quarterback right now. And this is a this is like a hail mary at the at the last line is the last uh, is New York coming in and saying aha we have this final case for you <laughs> so that's that if was what went through my mind is like really this is this is what we got and and especially because of all the legal difficulties on how the indictment is written and and what we know so far as to what the evidence may be. And that's the huge caveat here, right? So last week we were talking about we got to see what the charges actually say. We have that. But what we don't have is what is the evidence that's actually backing this up? as well as the grand jury transcripts, which the, you know, Mr. Trump's or President Trump's uh, lawyers will get access to, what was actually done during those grand jury proceedings. So, again, over this next few months, I bet 60 days, we're going to see a lot of this fleshed out because the prosecution has to basically turn over their case. It's not one of these gotcha moments, and especially President Trump and his resources. Um, you can't play games that way. So the prosecutor is going to have to lay out their entire case, and then you're going to start seeing motions. I do expect in this practice is a lot of motions to be filed yeah. almost immediately. Yeah. It's what, what we would do. Yeah. And the reason being is is that we want to get in front of the judge immediately. The, the state, in this case New York, was able to tell their story. We need to tell our story quickly, too. So it's going to be really interesting to see if that plays out. If you are uh, one of the attorneys in those other cases, whether it's the special prosecutor or if you're down running the, the grand jury in Georgia, does the outcome of this case affect the likelihood of indictment in those cases, or is it um, 
they're obviously separate cases, separate issues, or is it just something that paints the more general picture that uh, if Donald Trump wa- uh, walks on this, so to speak, that uh, that 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 it becomes it becomes some kind of bullying effort? Uh, that's that's one thing. That, that's you the know, thought. The, yeah, the court of public opinion. Yeah. If President Trump is able to get out of these cases with a motion to dismiss because they're so weak, as a matter of public opinion, it really undermines those other cases. It's like, okay, we got to stop here. We need to move on in life, right? There's no taste for Um, this, yeah. The the piling on context. Um, from from President Trump's um, consequences, though, is 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 um, people are in further interviewed. Evidence starts coming up, um, and then it starts impacting the credibility of witnesses. Mm-hmm. Now, the concern here is, is that some of the witnesses that may be relevant here would also be yep. relevant in some of those yep. other cases. Yep. And and again, you got a credibility issue. So yep. you got caught in a lie in this case in New York. Um, on the flip side of that is is that you have people who would normally cooperate. Um, maybe in this case, but saying, I'm not cooperating in that case because I potentially have liability in those other ones. Yeah. And so the New York attorney would, in theory, have to go get some sort of immunity yeah. from those other mm-hmm. jurisdictions to help make their case. There's a lot of moving parts here. And those here. other jurisdictions don't want that. I see it. I see yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be an issue. And then you look at the indictment itself, and yeah. you and I were, were cross-referencing some things. Yeah. And, and uh, one thing, when, when I was in the military, and I did a lot more criminal law, that I, I would immediately go to the charges. And it's a procedural issue. It's, it's America, and there's processes to be done. Were the claims properly addressed? Mm-hmm. In, in a civil context, everybody hears it, a motion to dismiss. You've heard that online, on, on the news for the, even the criminal case. So, and in this case, it's uh, one thing that comes to mind is the intent to commit right. another, another crime. That's, yeah, right. That's which the is in. Yeah, which is in every single one of these claims because it's a falsifying business record. And it's alleged correctly, obviously, right, because they're stating what, what it is. But under the Sixth Amendment, you do have the right to have an understanding of the charge against you. Right. And by just saying the intent to commit another crime as to whether or not that is enough. Now, let me make sure we're clear here. The charges themselves do not need to lay out the evidence, kind of like okay. the 9-11 Commission report uh-huh. or anything like that. Uh-huh. It just needs to give enough information for the person to be on notice as to what the charge was. Mm-hmm. And with just the intent to commit another crime, what I would have done is identified what the other crime was, right. so there's no misunderstanding. This might fly in a civil context. It's it's going to be a hurdle for them in the criminal context. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, I haven't done criminal in forever, and, and that's what shocked me yesterday when Alvin Bragg was asked about what that other crime was, and he said, we're not required by law to tell you, or at least tell you right now. And I, I, I just immediately thought, how 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 does the Sixth Amendment tolerate this? But I, I guess I guess some of these state criminal indictment courts can give a delay on something. like yeah, that. Yeah, but there's there's some good good precedent okay. out there. I, I, yeah. I, when I, you and I were talking about yeah. this, I went and did a little bit of research. Yeah. There's a case called United States versus Blinder, which uh-huh. says you have to at least put some notice okay. for like a RICO charge. Okay. Well, t- you, you need to give us flesh it out a little bit to be able to put us on notice yeah. rather than a guessing game. Okay. Now, what the prosecution is also going to say is this is going to become very clear to President Trump when he gets all of the evidence yeah. that we are required to turn over to oh, him. So, but it's uh, there, there's going to be other more weighty motions to dismiss that are going to come to head, and of yeah. course, um, the credibility of all the witnesses that did testify and whether the grand jury did its job. I think we can't undermine that. Now, maybe President Trump, who 
doesn't who wants this probably to be done in public as much as possible based off of his MO. Um, doesn't want it to go back to the grand jury because, again, those are secret proceedings. Right. Um, but who knows? They might pull that card, too. It's possible, or I, let me frame it in the form of a question, Brett. Is it possible this thing could be dismissed even before December when I guess the calendar had the next appearance? Is it possible well, on motions this could be dismissed before then? Right. So the next appearance is, is pretty much for, for trial. Where are we in this case? Yeah, are we ready right. for trial? Calendar. So all of these procedural motions, um, people who won't testify or won't cooperate with President Trump or um, uh, documents that are being missing, those are all issues that are going to be addressed between now um, and December. And again, I, I hate to use it, but you know the OJ case yep. is a, probably a very good analogy to what we're going to expect here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very interesting that the judge initially did not, and, and still did, did not allow cameras in the yep. courtroom other than yep. some still photographs. Um, the trend for these trials, everybody knows the Johnny Depp case, yep. uh, the, the South Carolina murder case, all of them have been televised. That's right. So it's going to be, I, I could see that being a big issue for the media yep. that they're going to want to take all the way up mm. um, be, just because of the historical precedence here. I could see a judge maybe not wanting to continue with this case, though, too, given what we think is the weakness of it, but more no, will be revealed. My, reti- my retirement papers would already be in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett Johnson, don't start writing those yet. In fact, pull up your socks. You may be called from uh, Mar-a-Lago. Brett Johnson <laughs> is uh, is our expert. Thank you, Brett Johnson, as always, from the Snell & Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com, their website. You're the best, Brett. You clarify Thank everything. You, sir. Talk to you soon. Folks, how do you think the uh, Biden administration is handling the economy with the banks failing and stock market volatility and a possible recession on the horizon? If you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market or the Fed, wouldn't that sound great? A portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, an investment where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time, where your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, there are no fees, where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. I'm talking about a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. Check my friends out at Y-Refi. They're local. You can meet with them. I know them really well. They're trustworthy and honest, and you won't get a sales pitch. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34. That's 888-Y-REFI-34. That point Brett was making is not with all the commentary that's been going on and you see it covered, um, uh, you know, from from so many different legal experts. Um, that was a point I had not heard yet. Uh, what the other prosecutors and the other investigations of uh, things Trump are thinking right now, and what their views of what Alvin Bragg has done right now. This this in Alvin Bragg's mind might be um, his finest hour. And perhaps Donald Trump's worst, or at least yesterday, perhaps. But it seems like it's going to rapidly go downhill for Mr. Bragg from here. I think he's quickly, if things are as all these experts are saying, 
about the weakness of this case. If things are going to continue on that downward trajectory, the view that this is a flimsy set of charges, uh, Alvin, Alvin Bragg's uh, finest hour is going to soon become his worst hour, and it might turn into Donald Trump's ultimate finest hour if these other cases, if these other jurisdictions, and if these other prosecutors have to immunize witnesses they were otherwise going to use, and if they find that the court of public opinion is so heavily against them that it makes no sense to pursue these charges, which I don't think it does anyway. But that's a partisan perspective. The nonpartisan perspective is, I don't know, it's rapidly and increasingly coming to that point of view, but it is slowly and increasingly coming to that point of view. Who thought the potential of a renegade left-wing prosecutor in Manhattan might be the ultimate vindication for all legal charges against Donald Trump? Who thought that? Well, we might want to think that. A lot more coming right up. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 